Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Troy Bennett. Troy is an instructor for jiu-jitsu over at Area 502 MMA in Louisville, Kentucky. He teaches not only the adult classes, but also instructs the kids for jiu-jitsu over there. So I really appreciate Troy coming on the show today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show... I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Troy Bennett. Troy, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. I appreciate you coming on. Um, Troy and I met, actually, while doing a hot yoga class together. Yep. Um, shout out to Hot Yoga Louisville over on St. Matthews. Uh, used to be Betsy's, now it's just called Hot Yoga Louisville, but a great place. Uh, Troy's wife, Allison, uh, practices much more frequently than you do. Oh, yeah, she's in there every time the door's open and she's yeah. not working. I love it. Uh, but I am in there also, you know, sometimes every day. Sometimes I'll go seven days in a row with doing it every day, that type of thing. But my mom does it a lot. And also, uh, my wife is in there a lot with me. So right now, I see your wife in there, you know, much more regularly than I see you, Troy, but it was pretty neat. I got to meet you, I think, one day in the locker room. I forget how it even came up. Yeah, I'm not that sure we put together that we both trained jujitsu in Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, it kind of put, put it together, and, and I, I learned over time that, Troy, you are a, not only a jujitsu practitioner, at Area 502 MMA with head coach and owner Phil Perkins. Uh, but also you're an instructor. Yeah, that opportunity uh, came up when uh, Blake O'Neill, who used to teach uh, the Monday classes, 
uh, he was getting back into thinking of going to school for physical therapy and that kind of stuff. And I think the like the internship he was doing was going to interfere with uh, the noon class that he taught. And I guess I was kind of known for being the guy that was always going to be there, whether it was just me and Blake or whether there was 10 or 15 people there. And so they asked me to do it, and I was more than happy to. Yeah, it's funny how uh, teaching opportunities come up, and I think a lot of times – People get opportunities to teach, and they feel like, I don't think I'm even ready for this. Yeah. Oh, I definitely wasn't. Yeah. I you, mean, I was... But 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 Phil, who knows what he's talking about, oh, thought sure. you yeah. were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you were. You didn't yeah. feel like you were, which is probably a good sign as far right. as, like, a student approach to teaching and leading a class and all that, not being like, I know everything, which obviously would not be a good thing. Right. But Phil kind of gave you a opportunity to step step up and... Yeah, I think he knew I would take it seriously because I'm in there and I'm always asking questions. And we have a Jason Hunsucker and I had amassed a quite mm-hmm. an instructional catalog that we still have that I always am always looking at, always studying, always trying to get better. Even though sometimes I feel like I can't do the stuff because my body just don't want to do it, but I can relay the information anyway. Um, before we jump into your backstory briefly, you asked me before we recorded why everyone at yoga call a lot of people at yoga called me Ryan. And of course, in the MMA community and through my podcast, I go by Kelly. Brief summary, my name is Ryan Kelly Dugan. That's my birth name. Uh, Actually, my confirmation name into the Catholic religion is Patrick. So it's Ryan Kelly Patrick Dugan. So that's my Catholic name. But uh, 2010, I met a guy named Dugan Ryan. He's six foot seven. I'm like five nine. So he's six foot seven, college basketball player. And he owns 1450 AM and 96.1 FM. So the local, um, right now I think it's the Yahoo Sports affiliate locally. So they play a lot of the sports radio in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. I met him in 2010. Shortly after that, he gave me the opportunity to start hosting a show on his station. Once again, sounds like kind of like bullshit, but my name's Ryan Dugan. His is Dugan Ryan. Um, His uncle is Judge Steve Ryan, who's like a big Democrat. A lot of people may know who he is in Louisville for years. So I knew who Steve Ryan was even before I knew who Dugan was. But long story short, Dugan was hosting a show at the time under his name, of course, Dugan Ryan. I started hosting a show, decided to go by my middle name. Cool. I'm glad that's cleared up. Yeah. I thought you it, just it, had like 30 names. No, it, it, it is kind of confusing. Okay. But my wife calls me Kelly. Most of my friends in my life call me Kelly. Okay. Um, but it is a little confusing. But that's that's my backstory. Um, Troy... You got started in jujitsu. Everybody's journey, of course, is different. But being this is the first time I've had the chance of, of chatting with you and learning about you. Tell me, where are you from? What sports did you play growing up? You're a big guy. I assume you've been pretty athletic your whole life. Well, I wouldn't call myself athletic. Okay. I've, you I've got attempted that. to play some sports, yes. Okay. Where are you from? Uh, how old are you? Uh, what sports did you play growing up? Born and raised in Louisville. Okay. But lived here most of my life. Um, favorite sport growing up was definitely basketball. Loved to play basketball. Thought I was better than I was. Okay. All that kind of stuff. Um, what, what, what high school did you go to? Uh, Fairdale. Did you play on the basketball team? No, I did not because, okay. uh, well, maybe I wasn't good enough, but also I, uh, didn't make the best of choices when I was younger. Let's say that. So I'm like schoolwork was not my top priority. Interesting. But you're real into like church now. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. I did not know that part of you. So oh, when yeah. you were younger, middle a, school, high school, you were a little bit of a hellraiser. Oh, I was a wild man. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, Fairdale High School. Basketball was your favorite sport. You would play pickup basketball, intramural oh. leagues, things like that. Oh, yeah. We'd play pickup basketball from the time we got out of school till you know, till the sun went down, as long as we could possibly play. But you never played on a school team? Never played on a school team. How tall are you? Six foot two. Okay. Could you dunk? Briefly one-handed when okay. from probably the ages 17 to 18, but it was it was a very short, short phase. Okay. I'm 5'9". I never come close to dunking, <laughs> and I grew up playing basketball also. Um, what was your best game you ever had, maybe even intramural? Do you remember one game in particular where you had like 35 points or anything or – I think was there an accomplishment in particular when it comes to basketball you had? I wouldn't say accomplishment. You know, I probably – I was one of the guys you probably didn't want to hit their first three-pointer, hit their first shot because I was going to shoot the whole game. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I had a few games where you feel like you're in the zone and you can't miss. and But nothing, you know, nothing. How did you get into basketball? Was it simply because you were always tall? Not because I was tall. I think I think my dad was a huge Kentucky fan. Okay. And so growing up watching Kentucky play, you know, I wanted to be I wanted to be that guy shooting three pointers for UK. But do you say your dad was a Kentucky fan? Did he passed away. Oh uh, no, he still is. Okay, he still is. He's just just then. Yeah. While growing up, he was always a huge Kentucky fan. Yeah, I didn't even really know Louisville was the city that I lived in. I really didn't know they had a team. Okay. It was kind of thing. So it was everything was blue all the time. Okay. So, uh, and I apologize, you may have said it, but how old are you now? I'm 40, almost 46. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, so, you graduated high school despite the troublemaking tendencies. Well, that's a story in itself. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm asking you all the, after, all the nitty-gritty personal no, stuff no, right, off, right off the bat, the fun stuff. No, you're good. Uh, I would say when I got started, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was about 12 years old. Okay, me too, 12. And uh, I kind of got involved with maybe some of the wrong crowd, obviously. And then, you know, that led one thing led to another, you know, a little bit of drugs and that kind of stuff. Also, started having kids at a very young age. You know, I think I was, I think I was looking, I was looking for somewhere to be loved, and I really didn't. I don't want to get too like weird or anything or too. That's all right, but nothing, nothing's off limits. That's what I've kind of found out about myself. How old were you when you had your first kid? I had just turned 16. Oh, wow. That's yeah. very young. Yeah, so now I have boys that are 29, 26, 24. My daughter is 22. 29, 26, 24. Daughter's 22. So you got four. And I have an almost seven-year-old granddaughter and an almost one-year-old grandson. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And when I tell people that, they're like, that's cool though. Now that it's all done with, and you're, you're oh, yeah. you you got out of your partying phase, and you know, yeah. So I mean, I, I I can imagine someone who has their shit together. You're like, I like having this big family. Is that is that accurate? I like having the big family, and I also feel like, you know, I wouldn't have chose to do it that way now. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm, we're kind of empty nesters, like, okay. She can do as much as she wants with the yoga. I can do as much as I want with the jujitsu. Sure. And there's not like a I don't have to worry about the making sure all the family's taken care of because they're all kind of growing and gone and doing their own thing. So, Not that I really care if you graduated high school. I don't. Did you graduate high school? I ended up getting a GED. I always make After a, the fact. I always make a joke when somebody asks me if I know something and I say something like, I learned that in my second year, my second senior year of high school because I, I, I tried the school thing twice senior year, tried it 95, tried it 96, and I just – school just wasn't for me. I mean, maybe – it was, it was certainly a lack of discipline, but I ended up getting a GED that next summer. Okay. Did you ever go to any college? No. No? Okay. And 
being that you had just turned 16 when you had your first kid, what type of work did you get into? Whatever I could find. Okay. And I wasn't very good at that either. So not only, well, just to be completely honest about the whole having the four kids early story, those four kids also have three separate moms. Oh, okay. Okay. None of them are my wife that I'm married to. Yeah. So we're addressing all your fun personal details. Hey, man, I'm an open book. Okay. It's a good way to be. I don't have anything to hide. So, you know, I just, uh, if, if you can show somebody all the mistakes you made and where you come from and then something changes your heart and your life and you go and you become another person, I feel not. Why why not? Why not let your mistakes out there? Agreed. So, Age, you know, 18, 19, 20, you're working, you're trying to, you know, pay bills. I'm sure you had child support. I mean, golly, you had also, you had your hands full. Working off and on, also a lot of help from my mom. And, you know, okay. she was, she probably should have cut me off way before she did, but, you know, she didn't want to. She did end up cutting you off, though. Well, I mean, I think eventually I just grew out of it. I see. I mean? oh, but So your mom was kind of an angel. Oh, yeah. Helped you out. She definitely time. helped me out. Me gotcha. and my brothers both. Cause Were your brothers troublemakers, too? Uh, you maybe, won't speak for them. I won't speak for them. <laughs> okay. One of them was more like me than not. I'll say that. But. Okay. So age 19, 20, 21, 22, were you playing a little bit of basketball? What type of physical activity uh, lifestyle? Yeah. Did you go through a phase where you gained some weight and got out of shape or anything like that? Or, yeah, or how did your physical activity level go? I don't think that I started really to gain the weight until right before I started jujitsu. Cause yeah, I was always playing basketball up until age 30 or so okay. probably. Lifting weights and all that kind of stuff until I, you know, eventually tried to lift too much weight and hurt my shoulders and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, never really like super. I wouldn't, still wouldn't consider myself super athletic. Like I'm in pretty good shape, but I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm athletic. Okay. Um, how much do you weigh now? Right at 200. What's the most you've ever weighed? Uh, about 245. And that was right before I started jujitsu. Okay. Um, how long ago did you start training jujitsu? About seven, eight years ago? Uh, six, almost six and a half years. Six and a half. Yeah, it was June. I was 39. Yeah, it was June of 2016. June of 2016. Okay. And shortly before that, you had gained some weight. You weren't in the, you know, the best shape, not feeling real good necessarily about your... Whether you realize it or not, probably not feeling real good about yourself physically, like at your energy levels, all that goes into that. Would that be yeah. accurate? And I'd just become a, a truck driver. And so very sedentary lifestyle. Okay. And so if you don't intentionally move and watch your diet and that, it's real easy to uh, it's real easy to blow up. Are you still a truck driver? Yes. Okay. What got you into jiu-jitsu? How'd that come about? I think I'd always watched... UFC kind of from afar through my kids and I would often make fun of it I hate to admit that I was one of those just stand-up morons for a long time so when they would go to the ground or they would be you know doing mostly the, the grappling exchanges on the ground I'd be I ain't really ain't, I ain't really into the sweaty man humping all right because you know let's stand up and fight like a man so much to my surprise it's not that easy just to stand up but but what okay so a lot of people you, what you said about your mentality and your attitude towards your, the ground part of MMA is pretty common. Yeah. But what's not pretty common is then someone being like, I think that stuff looks gay. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll try it out. How did that come about? You know, I think I was just inquisitive about it, you know. I wanted to know. So you 
You, yeah, yeah, I wanted to know, sought out a jujitsu gym because you were intrigued. I think for about two months before I started, I, I was just looking for somewhere to go and just try it out. And then I found Area 502 at that time was over off Popple Level Road. Yep, I remember. And it's right, you know, that's two, three miles from where I work. So I was like, well, they got a noon class. So I don't have to be at work till three. So mm-hmm. I'll just slide in there one day and see what it's about. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going in there to whoop these dudes. You know, really? That's what I'm thinking. Really, though, are you are you playing that up? Did you think you were going to go in there and whoop him? I tell you, when I walked in the room, it was Blake O'Neill who was he was fighting at the time, so he was probably 170 and in really good shape. And there was uh, Jesse and Cameron Broyles, who I don't know. I don't, Jesse may train there again now, but you know, and they were all maybe newly blue belts and much smaller than me. Like I mm-hmm. said, I might have been, I was probably 230 or 235 at the time. They're all smaller than me. I'm Mister. You know, I've done P90X. I'm in shape. I can, I can do, I can do this. And that was not the experience I had. Like it was thirty to forty-five minutes of getting rolled up from every, like tapping. I mean, Blake could have done whatever he wanted to. Too. Oh, I've rolled with Blake before. I, I mean, he's a monster. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he he looks super nice too. Like if you saw just his face, yeah. He'd be like, he looks and corny, he, like, and he's a musician. He's like super corny, like almost like a theater type guy. Or he you is know, super nice. Yeah, he's like a corny, super nice guy. I don't, I'm not but he's, call, I'm not gonna call him corny. I don't want him beating me up. <laughs> but he's, but he's, um, not small. No, and obviously he's, you know, real good. You know, wrestled a little bit in college and has trained jujitsu for a long time. Good, a good everything. MMA career. Yeah, good at everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that first class, which was led by Blake, mm-hmm. kind of humbled you. Oh, I, that was probably the most humbled I've ever been in my life. Because you know, thinking you're a tough guy. Did you try to take rounds off or anything? Because you, you, since you started, you have seen, and I have too. People come in, try it out. They're like, I got to sit this round out. You know what I mean? Because there's people who get submitted and then they kind of like manage to be like, oh, I don't want any more of that, and then they they're not as engaged in it. Like, they're not like, oh, that's legitimate, I'm hooked. Instead, they kind of back away. Do you mean, like, take rounds off that day? Or that like- day, and then also, like, how long did it take you to get back in there? Both. No, I think I'm more of the type of, I wanted to prove that that wasn't what just happened to me. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a real... It was a fluke. It was a fluke. Like, and especially with these guys I got 50, 60 pounds on, there's no way they should be able to do this to me. So, no, we. I, I mean, I rolled three or four rounds, and, of course, I was exhausted. I felt like I'd been put through a dryer or something and just was was it gi no i don't think it was, it was, gi. I no, think gi. It was no gi okay but i remember right then saying i i have to know where do i sign up where do i sign up i have to i can't let i can't go out into the world knowing that people can do that to me and mm-hmm. i don't have any clue what's happening to me okay um a big part of your life now is your faith yes when did you get into, to the degree that you're comfortable telling me about your, your, your involvement with the church and how long, I mean, I assume when you were in high school and you were a troublemaker, right. you were not real involved in the church. Um, I had a friend, a good friend, who's still a good friend of mine now, uh, named Eddie Herman, who uh, kind of when I was a troublemaker, you know, he was three or four, four, about right at four years older than me, almost to the day. And uh, his family was big in church and, you know, he kind of, he was kind of the whole time I'm doing all this reckless stuff, the drugs, the different girls, the having baby. You know, he's always kind of like, hey, man, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that's the path you want to be on. You know, you're making the same mistakes, that kind of thing. And 
he wasn't just talking to me about going to church. He was like showing me something different. Hmm. And it took me a long time. Like I said, I met him when I was 14. I didn't get baptized until I was 21. So I was, I really had to get to the end of myself. Okay. I had to get to where I pretty much exhausted all my other effort. You know I mean? I tried it my way long enough. And then finally I was just like, I guess we'll give this Jesus thing a try. Okay. Because my life is a wreck. Like, I got all these kids, like you said, child support and, you know, drugs, alcohol, anything, you know, I could, I can become very addicted to things very quick. I guess that ended up paying off when I got to jujitsu, but. Kind of directed it toward yeah. uh, your faith starting at age 21. So you've been very involved in your church for quite some time now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we went to Southeast Christian for a long time and now we actually go to Antioch Baptist Church where Jason the other guy that you met. Huntsucker. Huntsucker, yep. yeah. Yep. Where he's a he's one of the founders and also one of the pastors there. Wow. He's okay. not he's not the main pastor, but he does preach every so often. And so him being my best friend has kind of really helped helped out with that journey as well. Interesting. Uh, you touched on long form podcasts are interesting because you can take them into so many different directions. But one thing you touched on there I thought was interesting was not that your friend Eddie had yep. been telling you to go to church. Right. But instead, he had been kind of leading by example, yeah. and you were like, huh, what's he got going on type yeah. thing. I think when talking about whether it's politics or religion or anything, sometimes that goes understated is instead of just telling people that they should adopt your views, yeah, the best approach is probably, and it's easier said than done sometimes, to like actually lead the life of a good person. Yeah hopefully influence people in a positive way, not by pushing them that way, but by showing them. Yeah, and I think for a long time, even though I was younger than him, I think, you know, I kind of brought him over to the dark side for a while. You know what I mean? Like he would do something that he would be like, man, I can't do that. You know, that's like, and so that went back and forth for a while. But I remember one instance when I had been kicked out of my house or whatever, and I had an apartment. I didn't have any food. I wasn't going to work. I wasn't doing all that stuff. And he just showed up with like a whole bag full of groceries. And I was like, and I never said anything to him that I needed anything or anything like that. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know, man. I just felt a pull on my heart that you didn't have any food over here. And that, you know, I just wanted to show you in a tangible way that, that you know, that I love you. And, that, and man, that spoke volumes. And I mean, that was just one of many instances. I mean, the guy basically helped take care of me for four years whenever I was being kicked out of my house or whatever dumb thing I was doing where I couldn't be around, you know, my mom didn't want me there disturbing my brothers all the time. I have two younger brothers that are okay. four, four years younger than me. They're twins. Yeah. Identical okay. twins. Yeah. And you know, she didn't want me around them part of the time. And it was because I was a jerk. Like you couldn't, couldn't be around me without us fighting or arguing or me doing something intentionally kind of aggravate them and piss them off. So, I mean, it was, she had to get me away from them. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So, when when measuring uh, the impact a martial art has had on an individual, you know, is of course difficult because everybody who trains jujitsu, you've heard like jujitsu saved my life. You know, there's all sorts of different variations of that, but it sounds to me like the structure, the purpose, the contacts, the friends um, that you've gotten through. The past six and a half years, since you were 39 years old, uh, I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, has been substantial to help with uh, a structured 
positive, uh, healthy lifestyle for you? Yeah, I would say that. And I would say jujitsu primarily, the training and having to be really bad at something to get better at it. Mm -hmm. I think that gave me the discipline that I needed. So I would say even when I got saved and when I started allowing God to turn my life around and do some things different, then I wasn't very a very disciplined person. But I've noted since being in jujitsu, like everything's changed. Like my mindset's changed, my diet's changed, my you know, and I take things a little more seriously. I realize the effort that I have to put into it. Even my spiritual journey, you have to put a little more effort into it. It's not just some. For me, it's not. Oh, I got saved and now I'm fine. You know, that was the. There's still a sanctification process where I have to still be learning, still be getting humbled and all that kind of stuff. And I think jujitsu has really helped me see that. Uh, recently, Dylan Vincent had his MMA fight. Oh, yeah. He's a good dude. And I saw in his corner, he had, of course, Phil. Yep. And also, he had Troy. He had you in his corner. How did that come about? Um, I think a couple of weeks before the fight, he said, hey, man, I think I want you to be in my corner. He attends a lot of your classes? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he's in there almost twice a day. Every, I mean, he works there. Then he takes time off to do the class in the afternoon, then works, and then does the class in the night. I mean, he's a savage. So there's no there's a reason why he gets he's getting better so much faster than some people because, I mean, he's just – it's one class after another two three times a day for him when he's healthy. But, yeah, he came to me a couple weeks before the fight and said, hey, man, I think I want you to be in my corner. And I said, well, you got to take up that, that up with Phil, obviously. I said, I'm not – I'm not a savage like these other guys are. Like, like if you want somebody that's going to get in there and really knows fighting, fighting – you know, Blake or one of these other guys that normally does the corner is probably a better option. He goes, yeah, but you're the one that's taught me a lot of jujitsu. And he said, I really, uh, he said, I think Phil be all right with it, but I'll ask him. And so he asked and Phil said, sure, sounds good. That was a cool fight. It was. It, cool I, I can imagine it was a stressful fight to corner. Yeah. Because it, I mean, he got, Dylan got dumped on his head a couple times pretty bad. I mean, it, it was a wrestler, kind of a classic wrestler versus jujitsu guy. Yep. It really was. And it ended just like that. The jujitsu guy won, although he may have, and according to Dylan, maybe, you know, been down on points or, you know, yeah. scoring. I, I think it was close. I, okay. I feel like, I feel like that second round could have been Dylan's. Okay. And uh, it just showed. I mean, anybody that's ever trained with Dylan, it just everybody got to see what we already know. Like he's just tough. He just comes forward. There's no quit in him, and he, uh, I mean, he's he's just beginning his journey. But you know, it's going to be. I mean, when you do that many classes a day and in a week, like it's not surprised that he's getting so good so fast. Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's not like how did he get good? And he's just showing up and never quitting. I mean, he. I mean, you can see his ears. He never wrestled, and his ears got that bad collar. Like, when he first started, I remember walking in Phil's office at the old gym, and they're draining. Like, he's got he's been there like three months, and he's already got cauliflower because the dude just will not tap. Like, in a gi, he's getting that wrapped around it, and he's just yanking his head out. And I'm like, dude, it's okay to tap. He's like, I ain't tapping. But what, how was that experience for you, cornering him? Nerve-wracking, like you said. Uh, I felt a little bit out of place, to be honest, because you're back there with uh, so many different guys like Aaron Allen and uh, 
Blake and Phil, of course. Phil's not, probably cornered like thousands of yeah, MMA fights. Yeah, and there was a couple more. Of course, Christian Floyd was back there with us too because he was on the same card. And uh, it was definitely different. Like I, I felt a little bit out of place, and then Phil's like, just you know, enjoy it, man. Like you know what you're talking about when it comes to jujitsu. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I'm not. You know, I guess in my mind, maybe I thought I needed to be a fighter to be back there because. I mean, all those guys would, and they'd beat the crap out of me if we, you know, if we're throwing fists. I don't want none of that noise. Have you ever uh, had the desire to get in, involved in doing any striking or any I mean, any other martial arts other than jujitsu? I mean, I've done a little bit of the Muay Thai, a little bit of the stand-up stuff and the MMA classes and that kind of stuff. And I'll even put the small gloves on with Dylan when okay. he wants to roll. Okay, cool. And just uh, just to give him that look with the, so we know where we can be hit and where we can't be hit and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'm not against doing that, but I just, you know, I'm trying to save these eight or ten brain cells I still got. I don't have these young guys knocking the crap out of me all the time. Sure. Um, do you have the desire to maybe do more cornering in the future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, whatever I can do to help those guys get better. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time that, you know, at 46 and having, you know, not as much experience as some of those guys already have in their mid twenties. I was like, it's a matter of time before you guys are either going to be better than me or you're just, your ability is going to pass mine up. Yeah. And so I always hope that I can be a part of it because I really like doing it and I really enjoy the coaching aspect of it. So I just got to kind of stay on my toes and, and be very cautious with who I roll with and how hard I go with them. Cause some of these guys will, you know, they're not meaning to be jerks, I don't think, but you know, they it's very easy. That's a lot easier for me to get hurt than it is a twenty five year old super athlete. So Sure. How many classes do you teach a week? I teach um Monday no gi at noon. Friday we do like a drilling type of class where it's really not as structured as like I'm showing everybody something. I tell everybody to kind of bring something and they can kind of pair up and maybe drill what one person does for a while and then drill what the other person does for a while. On Fridays, uh Saturday um, we teach kids. I teach kids at eleven, and then. Do you teach in kids classes every, every Saturday? Yes, okay. me and usually uh, Thumper Terry Lowen. Okay, Terry. Yep. Um, Jason helped me out with a while for that, but you know I got to get on him. He don't he don't get in there as much as he should be. How? What's the age range for the kids you teach? I would say the youngest is maybe five or six, and okay. the oldest is uh, thirteen, fourteen. Okay. So. Um, do you enjoy teaching the kids? Similar, similarly, uh, level of enjoyment for teaching the kids versus adults, or, or what are your thoughts on that? I think it's similar, but I think the you know the saying is true: if you can't break it down in its simplest form, maybe you don't know it that well, and you really have to bring like the simple, simple form for the kids. So you've got to cut the details down, but you got to be right on top of the details too, because they're not good. You know, they're gonna they're gonna start staring off into space if you ask them to sit there and stare at you explaining something for longer than 10 or 15 seconds. And when it comes to like jujitsu competitions, you show up and help to coach some of the kids. Yep. This last one um, was probably the most coaching that I've done so far. And, but we had several kids and I mean, we might've had 40, 30 or 40 people total with kids and adults competing. So yeah, that was a, uh, it's very rewarding. I think when you see their confidence go up and you see that look in their eye, like, yeah, they, they did something, they fought through something or they won, you know, that's, you know, that was, that was a big day. I, I also teach kids jujitsu. And I agree. If you get some kid coming in who's tentative and like 
they you know they can't do anything. Maybe yeah. they're frustrated, shy. Yeah. But then slowly over a few months or however long you see them kind of morph into not being mean, but like right. You know, yeah. some degree of confidence. It's pretty cool. It's corny. It sounds like the like the cheesiest thing in the whole world. Yeah. And I guess it is, but it, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Very rewarding and and a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. And I know the personal stories of a few of the kids and some of them I don't think have the greatest maybe influences at home and that kind of stuff. So to see them kind of grow and blossom a little bit and gain confidence is a really cool experience. Area 502 MMA is located at 444 Downs Terrace, which is Louisville, Kentucky, 40214. Of course, they have the jiu-jitsu program. I mean, they've got five-star. Five-star boxing. Boxing, which I I mean, that in itself, I mean. Aaron kind of runs the Muay Thai program. Aaron Allen. So you got Aaron Sheckles with the boxing, Aaron Allen with the the Muay Thai. Yep. And just a a lot of resources when it comes to all aspects of combat sports. Combat sports. Got a full gym in the back, the jungle gym. So we got got everything you need from working out to getting worked out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, do you have any specific goals? You're a purple belt? Yep. Okay. Do you have any specific goals when it comes to jiu-jitsu or coaching or, or co- competition? Do you compete? I do compete uh, from time to time. Uh, I laid a complete egg in this last one. Oh, yeah. Like, it was one of those, I mean, I could make excuses, but shout out to the two dudes that beat me because they just beat me. They were better that day. Um, I think I have kind of a mental block. I talked to this with Phil. Like, I don't want to be, like, super mean and aggressive all the time. Okay. So, that's what, I think that's what – I mean, that definitely what separates me from those guys that fight. Because, like, if they say – if they get to, a, like, a knee cut and they're like, I'm getting to where I'm going. Like, hopefully it doesn't hurt you. But if it does, I'm not that worried yeah, about Hopefully it. it don't hurt you or me. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will blow my knee out before I don't get there. And I'm just like, hey, man, it ain't that serious. I'll let you through. You sure. Know what I mean? And so I think I, I just need to switch my mindset a little Do bit. you? <laughs> Do you? Well, if is I'm that gonna, what you're saying? Is I need to be more <laughs> reckless for myself and others. I just mean if I'm going to compete. Okay. Like, okay. If I'm going to – I see. If I'm going to be in the competition, like, it has to be more of an attack mentality. I'll, yeah. I tell people all the time I feel like more like – instead of a counter puncher, I feel like sometimes I'm a counter grappler. Okay. Like, I'm going to see what you're doing. Sure, And yeah. then I'm just going to try to sweep you out of it or counter what you're doing. And that doesn't – doesn't always work it as well in competition. Translate, yeah. In the gym. In the gym, I'm fine. Yeah. Because yeah. it's guys I trust and all that kind of stuff. That seems to be pretty common among somewhat older jujitsu guys. Yeah. They're like, first and foremost, I'm surviving. Right. I'm not going to get submitted. I'm going to chill for a second. Yeah. And, and then you're going to try something and I'll defend it. I've got pretty good defense. Yeah. And then maybe it'll be a reversal or I'll slowly you know, get back to close guard or whatever, but it'll yeah. be like a slow process type thing. Yeah, and like number one priority, don't get injured. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's a bad priority. Have you had any serious injuries since you've started jiu-jitsu? Uh, the, about the first six to eight months, I kind of popped my groin in my right side twice, and but this just from having weak adductor muscles. I had to, you know, kind of put something together where I started to get stronger. Um, I had a low-grade tear in my MCL and – Busted a baker cyst in the back of my knee about a year and a half ago. But, I mean, nothing that's, like, required surgery that kept me out for a long period of time. Okay. And even in those instances when I'm hurt, I still show up. Like, for me, it's a mental thing. Like, I have to be there at a certain time on a certain day because my life and day just seem to go better. So, even – I would 
highly recommend even when you're injured to get in there and do mental reps. You, mm. you can still learn. And and teaching kids sometime for you personally, in a way, yeah. if you have to take a couple of days off because from yourself rolling, but you're in there teaching the kids, you're yeah. showing the basics of guard right. pass or whatever simple stuff. Yeah, that can serve as a little bit of a mental yeah. mental reps yeah. for you selfishly for you. I would think yeah. right. And, and now that I'm you know been a given the opportunity to, to coach a little bit more i mean i can still coach i can still do i can still be helpful to other people even if i can't do it so. and then you're running it through it yourself yeah. and it's good yeah. for everybody involved i would think right. uh so every saturday at 11 o'clock you teach the kids classes yep. is that one big class yep okay yeah, how, how long have, is that it's just an hour okay and one it's, hour it's, class. it's no gee we also have kids class on tuesday and thursday that's gee okay and i do think they break that up in the age groups okay but, but our, saturday's but a saturday's bit. all one big group. Uh, shout out to Phil Perkins. Uh, he's been on the show many times in the past, and they have a program. I forget what he calls it, but if someone comes in, has a kid who wants to train, you know, especially like you said, we have, you know, you, you'll see kids come in who are autistic or maybe they had some type of abuse or some some issue from their, their um, past. But if it's someone who is in need and it's a kid who needs to train, Phil has made it very clear he will make accommodations for yeah, financially he, to help. Yeah, he has that uh, NTSA, that uh, nonprofit that I think that he uses a lot of the money from that to do that. That's what it is, okay, where they got the geese and yeah. everything and yeah. they're ready to get these kids yeah. on the mats even yeah. if their parents are broke. Right, so he, he always says he'll find a way. If they need to train, he'll find a way. Okay, very cool. Uh, you've got four kids? Yep. Four? Four. Okay, any of them do any martial arts? No, I've had uh, the oldest one tried. I think for a while. I don't know why he didn't really didn't really click with. Yeah, him. it's got to be the right time. Yeah, kind of in your life too. Yeah, and then I had my second son. He came in one day, and I don't. I think for him, he might like training because he actually is in the powerlifting and bodybuilding a little bit. Okay, but I think even that the one roll five minute roll he had with his pops opened his eyes to a few things. So, do you take it easy on him? I mean, I got him five or six times. I mean, I had to show him, you know, I had to let him know. That That is an interesting thing, (laughs) right? Because uh, BJ Ferguson, I know my friend BJ, he's a black belt. He said, you know, you roll with people, they're new. You don't want them to come in and be like, oh, I don't like this and quit. Yeah. So you don't necessarily want to just beat them up. But at the same time, if they're skeptical like you were day one, what if Blake and those guys had been like, we'll just go easy on him. We won't even submit Troy. Maybe you wouldn't even have came back. I mean, I was so terrible. I but but <laughs> if they would have, if you would have felt like, wow, they couldn't even submit me when yeah. maybe they could have. Yeah. And I think I was the typical spazzy white belt that was, you know, so I was begging to be put in my place. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was trying to go easy either. So I think this grown man diving on top of him thinking he's a tough guy. And so that's a, to be a recipe for getting yeah, yeah. somebody's best luck no, to I'll, see if they can submit you. If yeah. they can't, then they won't. But if yeah. they can, oh, I'm, you, I'm forever it. grateful for the butt kicking I took on that day. Good stuff. Okay. So you plan on continuing to teach, teach the kids and teach the adults. Yep. Uh, Mondays, Fridays, Saturdays. Yep. Uh, and that works with your schedule with, uh, with driving. Yep. I usually don't, I don't go in until 3 PM. Still, still. So, I'll be honest. I've had the had the conversation with a supervisor or two when they try to make me work on a Saturday or something like that. I'm like, "Hey, man, that's not going to work with my sky. Here's the time I can do it. 
I think I'd rather – I'm having so much fun. Like, I would rather drive somewhere else. Like, quit, quit that job. Yeah, before, before I quit doing jujitsu. Wow, so this is giving you a real – Oh, yeah. A real serious purpose. Oh, yeah. I can relate. I mean, that's that's a – even absent of, you know, competition or anything. It's like a – just yeah. even just focusing on just the, the roles and the learning and the um, – just yeah. being there for the classes even is so cool yeah. when you are actually in it. Yeah. And it feels like the the further you get down the road, the less you know. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. I think I thought I was supposed to be a blue belt before I was. And oh, aggra- okay. And that aggravated me for a while. Well, a lot of that has to do with sometimes, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're rolling with people. You're a white belt. They're a blue belt. Yeah. And so if you're comparing yourself like, this guy's a blue belt. Yeah. So like external yeah. stuff comes in which in hindsight doesn't you yeah. know doesn't make any sense there's so much more that goes into it and like and then i thought i should be a purple belt when i was still and then but phil was right on every occasion like he was right to wait he knew you know it's no secret that our belts don't come quite as quick as some other people's do okay but his philosophy is if when you any anywhere you go in the world i want you to be able to hold that rank sure i don't just want you to be a blue belt in, in louisville kentucky like if you when we go to these different seminars or different team camps in Florida or Brazil or whatever, you should at least be able to roll with the guys of your same level. And he's absolutely right. That's never, that's not failed me. When we go, when we do these camps or I go to other gyms, I mean, I don't have any issue rolling with guys, especially if they're, if they're my age and with my ability and oh, the same yeah, rank, right. I'm like, Oh, Good usually time. I'm rolling this fella up, whoever it is, but not that that, means anything yeah no it means that 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 it does mean something it means that you're learning yeah and you're practicing legitimate technique and all that type of stuff but i feel like i'm having a ball at purple belt like i've been a purple belt almost a year and a half now and like this is the first belt where i'm like i'm not even worried about what's coming i already made it i've already set it in my mind that i'll be a black belt one day so that's coming i don't know how many you know five ten however long years it is away but I'm not worried about the next stripe, the next belt. I'm just worried about getting better and mm. watching those guys around me get better. Because when I watch them eat it up, or when I watch Dylan strangle that dude with one arm, something we went over, you know, several times before that, and I'm just like, I know that's from the repetition of us being in there and doing that. I got to commentate that fight, I think, and and Dylan said he heard at the end. I said, Dylan Vincent put on a jujitsu clinic or something like that, yeah. and he did. Yeah, right. He was getting slammed and all the re- clearly a wrestler versus jiu-jitsu guy, but he was yeah. threatening, I think at one point, maybe at least threatening like Omoplata. Arm bars. Arm bar, um, triangle, yeah. and then, yeah. <clears throat> you know, transitioning from one to the, I'll try this, I'll try that, yeah. just like it would be a, like an instructional for jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I mean, he might be a blue belt, and he might, I don't know, what did he fight at, 135 or 145? 135 probably? 135, yeah. And I'm 200 pounds. Oh, okay. Like, he is one of the hardest roles for me yeah. in that gym. Cause Isn't he's that so, wild? He's so strong. Yeah. And every little – all I got to do is give him a centimeter, and there's an elbow touching the knee, and there's always – I mean, you can't take space away from him enough. And I'm so long, it's, like, really hard for me to – and he's just always in on something. So I really got to grab a hold of him and, you know, pin him to the ground sometimes. But even that, that – it's not easy to do. Isn't it wild how someone can be so small – um, I know Gordon Ryan's not small, but he's, I think, 6'2". And yeah. did you see that video of him rolling with the mountain guy? Thor, yeah. 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 Wasn't that pretty cool? Man. That makes me like the Thor guy, yeah. honestly, yeah, quite a bit. I knew, obviously, you and I both know Gordon Ryan's going to do whatever he wants to him, yeah. or anyone, when yeah. it comes to jiu-jitsu. But Thor had the humility to let them record it and to try. 
Yeah. And I, I think that's a very cool testament to jujitsu. And I heard another podcast with Brendan Schaub, okay. former UFC heavyweight guy. Yep. I think he's a black belt in jujitsu. He's a, also a black belt. Yep. And he was at Mr. Olympia with Thor. And that came up for a conversation that him rolling with Gordon Ryan. And he said, Thor was like, well, I thought because I was big and strong, I'd be able, and I thought, this, and I thought, and he said, I was just, he said, he was just laughing at him. He's like, you have no idea, dude. There are levels to this. I rewatched it with my wife a couple of days ago. And it was like, Gordon's like, all right, you're going to start on Mount. He, the guy, that guy would start on Mount of Gordon Ryan. Gordon would just, you know, transition to half or you know, uh, half guard, and then you know, yeah. do like a easy sweep, yeah. and then out of nowhere, he's on top and yeah. throws butter, stuck butterfly up. hooks in, butterfly and hooks, and then just yeah, he's flipped, and yeah. then and then he's just pinned on his back, and and yeah. Gordon's not even submitting him. Yeah. But I mean, to be able to be held down by another man where you can't do anything, yeah, has to be the best test to testament to yeah i guess jujitsu and i really like his i mean obviously he's the best in the world but also him always being like i'm not really athletic he said my, he's like my jujitsu is i'm gonna take space away and just use pressure and not let you use all your little jump around athletic moves hmm. i think we've seen in that last uh last match with nicky rod i yeah. think he got a little cocky yeah 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 and he thought nicky's gonna be so worried about me doing, getting heel hooking him he's not gonna do anything and it you know Cost him a bone or a ligament too in his ankle, but is that the one where uh, it looked like he had tapped, but it was after it ended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the overtime was already over, but I think, I mean, I'm sure if you're if you made that many millions of dollars and you're known as the king, I'm sure it's hard to stay motivated. Oh yeah, we've seen it in so many different sports. You yeah. got Tiger Woods, Mike Tyson, guys who get to the top. Yeah. And then it's a matter of how long can you um, can you stay there. Yeah. And I think it woke him up. He had a long post on Instagram a couple of days ago about, I'm not sleeping in a comfortable bed. I'm not doing this. He said, he's like, all y'all are in trouble this year. He said, the old Gordon coming back. And I was like, I don't know. Do you follow much competitive jujitsu? Yeah. Okay. You're all out with the flow grappling and the. Oh, yeah, whenever I can watch it, I watch it, whether okay. it's EBI or whatever. It's your favorite sport? I would say so now, but. By far. Do you have a second favorite sport? College basketball, but... Kentucky's not doing that great right now, are they? Kentucky's making it really difficult for me currently. Well, I'm a Louisville fan. Obviously. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a Louisville sweatshirt yeah. for those of our listeners who don't know. Yeah. We are all... I don't know if you heard, the Louisville Cardinals are also having a difficult year. A little more difficult than Kentucky, <laughs> yes. I'd say but, so, yes. But, yeah. Um, okay, so basketball still. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'll sit and watch the entirety of March Madness. Even when Kentucky gets beat by St. Peter's, I'll still watch the entire thing. But um, what what is your when it comes to teaching the kids classes on Saturdays? What do you think is the an example of the type of kid who comes in and can positively benefit the most from jujitsu? If someone's listening and they're like, I don't know how I stumbled across listening to this podcast, but I've got a son, he's nine years old, and this is his MO, is he's struggling with this or that. Who is a great candidate to come in and to benefit from jujitsu? Male, female, uh, you know, being bullied, or, or what is the, the ideal kid to come in and benefit from the, the gentle art of jujitsu? I would say any kid can benefit something. Like you okay. said, whether it's discipline, confidence, um, just having kind of a community or a little bit of a family type thing. That's another thing that I've really found at 502 is all these guys are, I mean, they're my closest friends now, you know, it kind of weeds out people who are right. Yeah. 
Because yeah. someone comes in and is a jerk or not trustworthy or something, right. they're, they're gonna. It's not gonna be so pleasant for them to come in and yeah. continue to come in. Yeah. And I would say any kid, any kid that's old enough to just pay attention for fifteen or twenty seconds, if they like to run, if they have energy, like we can put them through the, you know, let's do some push-ups, let's do that. We'll get them to listen somehow. But, and I think you know when you, especially for adults, you know when you swap that kind of blood and sweat with somebody, like you gain respect for each other, and that's what makes it such like a family atmosphere. It makes us all so close. Okay, uh, for those of us. For those of our listeners who are interested, Troy is on Instagram. Yep. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu 502 yep. is your Instagram account. Before we start to wrap up the episode, is there anything else you would like to, I don't know, maybe promote other than inviting, whether it's an adult or a kid, to come out to Area 502 and to try a Jiu-Jitsu class? Is there anything in particular you would like to mention before we start the process of wrapping up the episode? Um, I will say uh, Phil, Phil and I, uh, recorded his first instructional. Oh, wow. And so it's on uh, organicbjj.com. And wow. it's all chokes from the turtle. And my neck will tell you from the soreness it was for three or four days as he strangled me over and over again that they're all very effective. And it's a lot of the stuff we do, both gi and no gi. I was going to say, is that gi? It's no. gi and okay. no gi. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that Phil's good at, I mean, he's good at just about everything, but those specific things, like he's known for like loop choking people, I think. So what do you think about what? what's Phil... Phil is a, a coach. What is his strength? What would you say, Phil? How would you describe Phil Perkins as a coach, jiu-jitsu coach? I would say he's going to tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. <laughs> okay. And he's not doing it in like a I'm going to be a jerk way. Not trying to he's be He's doing it because I've seen him do it with me and I've seen him do it with other people. When he sees potential in you, like he's not going to – Bullshit. He's not gonna, yeah, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to yeah. like, you got to get better at that. And like, just like my competition thing, he was like, dude, you got to be, we've, we've had this long talk about nastiness. He's like, you're going to have to be a little more nasty out there because this is a competitive sport. Yeah. And if you're going to go out there against other grown men that are going to try to rip your arm off for a $2 medal probably, then <laughs> you, better be, you better be prepared I for nastiness. I think this is the part of the episode where some of the people listening who don't train and maybe even train but don't compete – Maybe like, man, that sounds a little crazy. Is you signing up to go in, compete in the art that you love, you spend so much time on, but you got to be a little crazy, a little reckless with it. Because it's just the truth. You yeah. know, I've, I trained with a guy, uh, Todd Pickett. He's a blue belt. Oh, yeah. He's he a monster. Yeah. He d- runs through me. I mean, yeah. dominates me. Blue yeah, belt. I've seen him. Yeah, I think he's 20, 21 years old now. Um, and he's better than me technically, but also... Like he's got that switch where it's yeah super intense the, the, the fighter switch that's yeah what I call it. yeah whatever that switch is yeah. that we're uh, uh, describing here yeah he's got it and, and that's just something that uh, is very valuable when it comes to the world of competition yeah and as far as just uh, what I would say to anybody that's thinking about starting to train I mean it's not all people trying to rip your arms off like like the competition type okay, stuff. okay that's a good point but. Anybody can do it. Like, if I can get decent enough to have somebody trust me to coach this, mm-hmm. trust me, anybody can do it. Okay. But it's the best way i found to get in shape and stay in shape, give you discipline. And um, give your mental, mentally stimulating hobby. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you are, when you're in there and you're doing it, like, you better be laser focused on what you're doing and what the guy you're rolling with is trying to do back to you. Mm-hmm. 
and learning something in the process. It ain't really about winning or losing as long as you're getting better and learning. But, yeah, come out and try it. I mean, this is the time of year when everybody's making New Year's resolutions. Instead of going to Planet Fitness and, you know, canceling your membership in two months when you don't actually show up, find, you know, Area 502 is where I would suggest you go, but go anywhere Mm -hmm. that you can train. And that you can get in it with a group of guys that you enjoy being around. This, not to turn things political, but I do think that a trend in our world, not even just our country, is maybe for masculinity and things like that to be uh, demonized. Yep. But I do think that for men in particular, now don't get me wrong, women, females doing it. I got two daughters who train. I mean, I'm a yep. big fan of females training. Yep. But men in particular, I think if, if you go in, train, get your ass kicked a little bit, and then start to progress, even just a little bit, yep. you're still a white belt. Yep. I think it can do a lot for someone's uh, uh, psyche yep. as a man. You yep. got kids, you're like, okay, I, I, can at least fi- I can at least fight that little way at least a little bit now. Yep. I can at least help to protect myself. Maybe my family if something happened. At least a little bit. I think that's uh, a very uh, valuable thing in particular for a man to have in their back pocket. Yeah. You need to be able to take care of yourself, be able to take care of your family. And I think Joe Rogan's exactly right when he says, you know, men's overestimation of how well they can fight by thousands of percent. That's a, such an interesting topic. Yeah. If you've never trained, dude, you're, you're just going to see red. That's not going to happen, dude. Because if a guy is trained and he knows what he's doing or if he's got a, you know, a knife and he's coming, you need to know something and just seeing red's not going to work. Like yeah. you need to be, you need to train, do something. Cause like you said, it's just, there's so many dudes around here that are soft I mean, you just look, and it's, and I know that, that I'm, I'm being the little judgmental, and I shouldn't be. And, but when I, when I see people like that, I think, man, you're missing out on so much opportunity mm-hmm. for yourself, your own like ability. And it's not a negative form of masculinity, like in, in no. bullying or anything negative. Yeah. It's more so like accountability and humility, yeah. and um, a, a realistic view. Because I think when you train a lot of jujitsu, you said at the beginning, you're a purple belt. You feel like you know less in a way now than you did yeah. even. I think you finally see how far you have to go. Sure, yeah. So I think a realistic view of someone bumps into you in a restaurant, Yeah, I'd think you'd be less likely now yeah. Yeah, exactly. to, to start a fight with them, which oh, is yeah. valuable. Now, if it's warranted and someone's trying to hurt your family or something, yeah. that's different, obviously. Yeah. But to start a fight or something along those lines, I do think it, it actually takes the whatever the masculine energy or whatever it is and, and really puts it into a positive direction. Yeah, I think you... I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm way less likely to be in a fight now. Sure. Well, you I don't drink and to, use drugs I, anymore. Well, not only that, I think I would actually try to avoid it at first. Agreed. Because I don't want to do that. You know, you don't, don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to prove. I've proven it four or five days a week in the gym. Yeah. I know I'm getting better. and I, But, you know, if the dude's not trained and it, that's what it comes to, then and then you do train, I mean, God help that dude because it's going to end however you feel like it's ending. Probably, yeah, absent of a weapon or oh, you know, yeah, I mean, any of those variables. But, yeah, yeah, as far as getting – Yeah, one-on-one. Yeah, if, if it happens anything. to be an even one-on-one matchup, yeah. you're very confident in right. that type of right. a situation yep. against whatever 99% of the people you see which, you know, have not trained yep. or don't regularly train. So I think it's a very positive thing, and I think it's growing. I do think despite the trending direction of our country and world, I do think jujitsu. I think, now I'm real involved in it, 
So I don't know. Maybe it's not. What do yeah. you think? Do you think across the board more people are trending toward training jujitsu or even boxing or kickboxing than they, they were, say, 10 years ago? Well, I don't know if 502 has grown okay. over the six and a half years. Like, obviously, we're getting bigger, bigger building, and there's more and more students. So I know that's growing. So, man, I hope so. Yeah. Because I, I, cause I'm one of those people, obviously, because everything I do is jujitsu related somehow. Like, I know when I talk, my dad and my brothers are like, ah, oh, God, here my, goes me again too. about the jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I'm like, you know, they're always asking me, well, you get, you look like you're, you know, something's injured or something. And my thing is I'd rather be torn apart than fall apart. So, my dad says that to me too. He's like, hey, it looks like your neck is hurting. Every time I see you, <laughs> every time I see you, something's, are you sure that's as fun as you say it is? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, it is. You want to hear about it? They're like, no, no thanks. Yeah, I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. So. But it is real, and it's uh, it actually is that fun. So I I also encourage anyone listening to uh, you know check out Area Five Hundred Two, get involved, train some jujitsu, sign your kids up for it. I think it's a, a great way for kids to socialize in a, a positive individual um, type sport. I, I grew up playing basketball. I would say I'd rather have my kids do jujitsu than play basketball. A hundred uh, seven out of seven days, I, I'd rather yeah. they do that. If I had to choose, now yeah. it's good for them to do different things, but I think an individual sport which teaches them a skill that they will carry with them through the rest of their life is more valuable than like basketball or football yeah. or something. And, and like the that. women too. Like oh, hundred percent. We have a lot of women that train. Yeah, and we had a uh, one of our girls, Lily, that's been coming. She's been there a couple of years, I think. Well, we had a guy come in, brand new, about the same size. Oh, okay, here we go. And she was just, I mean, he couldn't do anything. That's awesome. He even stopped in the middle. He's like, how come I'm fighting this hard and I can't get, every time I get somewhere, you just smash me down again. And I'm just over there dying laughing because you could tell. I mean, he's a young 22-year-old kid that thought, you know. He's and saying, how old is she? I would say she's probably maybe 30. Okay. And she that's awesome. And she's just rolling him up. Just that was one of the more humbling things for me when I started. There was a female purple belt I rolled yeah. with. And she submitted me like twice in a roll. And I was like, you know, it was like a bow and arrow collar choke thing where I just had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? And and that's a testament to the. Oh, and when you see a a girl that's purple, brown, black, but like. Oh, yeah. They're even fewer than the the men. So, you know, they're just monsters. Yep. But they're out there. They are. Um well, good stuff, Troy. I appreciate you coming on the show with me. Certainly do. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Check out Area 502 MMA once again. The address for Area 502 MMA is 444 Downs Terrace, Louisville, Kentucky, 40214. If you have questions about it, uh, you can contact them at 502-547-1995. Of course, they're on you know Facebook and Instagram and everything, so... Check it out. Get in there. Sign your kids up. Train. Yep. Troy, thank you very much for your time. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.